Hi everyone, welcome to the Failed Rockstar Club podcast, the podcast that talks about vaccines, <laughs> the vaccines. That's and, good. And vacuum cleaners. Yeah. Sticking your really up in a vacuum cleaner. We've all been there. This episode is, uh, we're going to talk about, it sounds like, what did you say, 25 years? Well, on? I thought, like, you know, we were messaging each other last night and said, what should we talk about on the podcast? Professional. Professional, yeah, the night before. <laughs> Uh, get your head down. I thought, well, it's been about 25 years since Britpop. Oh, it's it's something... the about 25 years Britpop episode. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Well, you know, that's something that was kind of our musical grounding. Mm-hmm. Maybe a look back on it. Has it uh, aged well? What stood the test of time? Mm-hmm. What were our favourite moments? What did it mean to us at the time? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mm-hmm. avenues to explore. ground to go on. A lot of ground to cover. A couple of 40-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Middle-class white males. Yeah. 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 Perhaps that's you. Mm. You'll enjoy this. Perhaps it's not. You probably won't. But you might. <laughs> Maybe you'll learn a few mm-hmm. things <clears throat> about that era. So, well, I mean, with the 90s being so sort of fashionable, mm-hmm. maybe... People, they like the fashion. Maybe they want to hear about the bands too. The lesser known ones that didn't quite... Yep. Well, you know... Before we start, can yeah. I get yeah. you to explain to the good people, <coughs> both of them, mm-hmm. um, who we are and where we are at the moment currently? Sure. We, change, we change regularly positions. That's true, we do. We swap sides, connection. actually. I'm usually on the left. Okay. Of Politically you, you and... Normally, <laughs> you normally sleep on the left. Physically, yeah. Hung on the left. Yeah, dress to the left, sit to the left. Mm. Lean to the left. Mm-hmm. But on this occasion, I'm on the right-hand side of our shop, Best Days Vintage, 40 Eld Lane, Colchester. We're looking out at Eld Lane from the little new section of our shop. The yep. sun has just come out after a Torrential. rather severe rainstorm. Yep. Uh, and it's Monday. Yep, bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Yeah, if you're more of an online kind of person. Mm-hmm. Can't be here in public. I mean, today's the first day that people can sort of sit in and have a coffee. Actually, so it's yep. quite a significant day for yep. us. <clears throat> Not yep. many people did, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> they could have. <laughs> they could have, and that's the important part. They chosen not to, which is the the problem of yeah. our shop, our yeah. business. <laughs> they yeah. could have done it, but they've chosen to Again, go elsewhere. They've gone with the uh, the no option. <laughs> <laughs> they've gone with the I don't want to. Well, what are the options again? Yeah. Nah, not going to come in. <laughs> yeah. no, that option. Well, anyway, if they had been here, and mm. some people were, like, get me wrong, it wasn't, you know, there was there was people here, they would have heard me listening to a Britpop playlist. Okay. It was like a hundred Britpop classics. It was billed as, and I mean, are we getting straight? Is that enough of no, intro? I'm, yeah. Have I've, you got I've, questions or anything? Have you got, got Russian questions? Hmm. I haven't plugged in the keyboard. Oh shit. Oh. No, go, go, <laughs> go and get it. I'll go and get the keyboard. You yeah, 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 yeah. Are we close enough to a plug for it to even work? Yeah, we're on right next to you. Oh, perfect. Is there? Oh, yeah, there is as well. Yep, so I put a playlist on and 100 Britpop classics. I was annoyed by it because, as I understand Britpop, it, the term was coined in, I think, 1993. So anything that predates that cannot be Britpop, right? Yeah, well, it's a, it, for me, it's an era, mid-90s yeah. to late-90s, where it famously finished with... Basically, during that period... Song, death of a party. <laughs> well, I mean, I, for me, this is hardcore. When Pulp released that, that album, where it was all, everything was dark and it was, felt like the end of the party, didn't it? But yeah, also, 
that Blur album. There, there were a, couple, a few albums that sort of represented the end of it. But any guitar music from well, that's British my, British that guitar music from ninety three to ninety seven, I'd yeah. say, was Britpop. But yeah, on this playlist, this is my point. It kept playing uh, "There She Goes" by the Lars. Oh, okay. Which I pre- see what they've done there. Predates. Yeah, that's not. That's, that's not Britpop, not is it? No. And like early Stone Roses and stuff. Like yeah, that. exactly. Not Britpop. That was a totally different yeah. cultural movement. Yeah. But like yes, happy they did. Mon- early Happy Mondays. Same thing. Yeah. Black Grape, however, yeah. tied in with the Britpop thing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, annoying. Don't listen yeah. to that playlist. No. Well, it sounds like some Plonkers just put it together. Yeah. The Plonker playlist. Still working for Plonker. Um, well, I did have a question about a band, but it was basically a joke and not really worth it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, if you could be friends with any member of the band Squid... <laughs> You would be friends with them, why? Squid. The modern, everyone's talking about them. Oh, yeah. But I assumed you wouldn't know any member, and I'd no, Google <laughs> loads of work, so I could have, like, gone, pretended to know. <laughs> and I would have definitely chosen Ollie Judge, the singer. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good choice. Yeah. But anyway, um, I do yeah, know... Yeah, I, I know them, I've heard of them. But I yeah. Um, our friend Sam was talking about them, and Matt, uh, Matt was oh, listening okay. to them, and I've, I'm assuming that they're... Yes, Matt played them to me. Yeah. Very exciting... World we're living in now with a band, The Squid, and the debut album, which I'm a big fan of, <laughs> Bright Greenfield. Oh, lovely. Interestingly, but didn't seem to have a drummer. No drummer. Mm. Controversial. Arthur Ledbetter, he plays keys. <laughs> wow. Ledbetter. This is more of a squid, squid yeah. cast. Anyway, um, yeah, I do have a, um, a Russian question of the week, actually, Jez. We well, hadn't had one for a while, but luckily, just before this podcast started, we got, re- we got one received in. one. Here we go. So, this email came in, luckily for us, came in about 20 minutes before we started recording this, from, um, I assume she's a regular, it's a girl, Yep. regular listener. What's she got to say? Anya Alenchenko. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Anya. Hello, Hello Anya. She says, in Russia, mm-hmm. we pride our great nation with superior response to global COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. Better than USA. Where do you think USA went wrong with pandemic response? And do you agree Russia, great state, has best response? Thank you for your question, Anya. Now, the problem here, Anya, is your question requires a knowledge of America's handling of the pandemic, which I've got to say... We we know know that... Trump was a bit of a denier. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of people passed away. He had some kooky suggestions for how you could deal with it. Maybe bleach. Has anyone tried bleach? I remember that part, but I I think they did badly. I think that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I can't really say how they compared to Russia. Do you think... I I feel ill-equipped. And and surprise, surprise, the richer nation seems to have got a more... More of the vaccine. Male vaccine and more opportunity to take the vaccine than, say, perhaps mm. other countries, so it's mm-hmm. going to afford it. Um, I don't know where you... Where you I actually, wants anyone to know, do you agree Russia, great state, has best response? <laughs> <laughs> this is a music podcast, so, yeah. I, mean, so I know yeah. you probably may not know as much. But yeah, I don't. And you, and you think you do. Yeah, I, don't, I think you've misjudged my... 
global sort of political knowledge. Mm. I'm afraid, Anya. I can't. I don't feel equipped to answer that question fairly and but you know, are you gonna thoroughly. Say probably, but if you're going to offer an opinion, if I was guessing, <laughs> I'd say Russia, great state, does have best response. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because yeah, okay. I think they. Well, I mean, of course they would. They've got great leader, mm, great, great infrastructure. Yeah. Just you know, mm. they wouldn't get it wrong. Yeah. He wouldn't let them get it wrong. Okay. The big man, Vladimir Putin. Yeah. The poo, the poo master. Okay. There you go. So I hope. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can ask that as thoroughly as you'd like. I don't know why. Sort of, what do you? Th- you know more about the Russian, the great Russian state than I do. Oh, big time. Well, we've got a lot of listeners. So I'd yeah, like well, to do my be. research into them. Yeah. And I would say probably not. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. Taking a different, different. <laughs> You're Manchester City. I'm Manchester United. There you go. So um, I hope that's adequately answered your question, Anya. Yeah. Um, okay. So Britpop. We kind of touched. We've kind of touched the Britpop time already. Yeah. Should we sort of start by talking about what it meant to us? It when it was. Okay. You know. How did it come about? Well, because uh, that. I don't, I, I don't know if you, you probably know more than I do about this. I've read books about it, yeah. yeah. Like a nerd. Yeah. I know that Blur went away on tour, had a mare, and why they were away in America on tour, this Britpop thing started happening, right? Sway. Yes, well, that was part of it. In, in a way, it feels like Damon Albarn sort of calculated, you know, sort of planned the whole thing. He was in America on tour, and knowing what he's like... Not personally, but reading reading about him. They were on tour in America having a rubbish time, mm-hmm. and grunge was massive, and the charts were full of American bands. And he sort of just decided that it was time to celebrate Britishness and British music and hark back to the heritage of 60s British bands like the Kinks and the Beatles and all that, that kind of thing. Uh, but meanwhile, bands like Suede and... Uh, who else? Who else was in that first that first, first invasion? Wave. I suppose Pulp. Elastica. Before they got no, they Pulp were, were, were a little bit before they yeah, but they got kind of tied tied in with the whole them, thing. Yeah. So I think Suede fans would argue that Suede was the first mm. Britpop band because mm. they that was like '93. Blur was sort of still quite niche, mm. but then yeah, then it got big in. 90, like 94 Part Life came out which I suppose was the first massive massive album. that crossed over into sort of mainstream culture and that's when it became definitely maybe yeah and definitely maybe it was later that year that's when it became a sort of pop cultural thing like that you know the man on the street would know the dustman so who, who the postman, do you know who actually hairdressers the, the the phrase Brit pop. It was a ad, some It was a journalist at I think Select magazine yeah. or maybe Melody Maker or someone like that. It was like a I think there was a cover of Select. It was like these are the these British bands are here to stop the American invasion or something like that. Yeah. It all got tied. It was kind know, of like a cultural Britain's cultural answer to the American. Yeah, and it got tied in music. with you know the Union Jack got attached to it. This was you know nowadays it, you, basically if you use a Union Jack you get. Tarred mm. with the racist brush, mm. <laughs> but in those in in the nineties, it was there's a celebration of, of British. It was a celebration of British, British culture, all tied in with like swing in London. It was basically yeah. our 
that generation's version of the 60s, the swinging 60s, yeah. like, done again. Yeah. And this is the thing, this is the point I wanted to kind of bring up. It was like, because for us, age sort of 15, 16 at that point, 14 maybe, when, mm-hmm. when it first kicked off, we hadn't, well, it was certainly me, I didn't know the bands that all these new bands were kind of influenced by or ripping off, to be more honest about it. <laughs> So it felt totally fresh to me as a as a teenager, and now, like listening to it today, like thinking, well, that's influenced by them. That sounds like them. Mm-hmm. Re- realizing now how derivative it all was, and where, does that sort of tarnish it? No, not for me. It was the kind of it's what I needed as a teenage boy. Yeah, to kind of like. Defined is defined pretty much all of my existence since. Yeah. In how I looked at the world, how I wanted to be seen, how I wanted to dress. Of course, fashion has changed, but it's still that's is there the indie <laughs> bubbling kid. under it's the that indie kind of thing, yeah. you know, the British indie band kind of look and being absolutely finding something for the first time in my life to belong to, hold on to, and belong yeah. to, and passionately believe in it's weird isn't it I needed it I found mm. the thing that I needed it's like you sort of found your tribe was yeah. the kind of yeah same, same as me exactly the same you know just further up the M6 mm. but do you think there's more do you think there's many people like us because obviously it has defined our life because we joined did the whole band thing and then we opened a shop named after a, mm. essentially a Britpop band's song yeah how many people was it that significant to loads do you think of our age yeah and I think now not just Colin Reed. <laughs> now no it's loads because you ever go went to a, if you went to like these shine events right and yeah. it's like Britpop revival kind of things yeah but now you're finding that the parents the kids are coming in here now knowing a lot of these bands yeah because the parents who are listening to them when they were like maybe a little bit older than us so like they're putting out like in their they're probably in their late 40s. They're the teenage kids. They've got teenage kids. So when they were, was happening, mm. they were like 23, 24. And so parents know a lot of the kids are starting to know a lot of these bands. Hence the Britpop revival thing, I think, has got more legs than that before because parents playing these yeah, that does work. bands to, like, you know, when you're at home, like we did when our dads were playing our songs, right? They were playing Dark Straits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that sort of stuff, right? And then. But and so we know it, but then they're probably in the car or at home playing like Park Life, mm-hmm. or they're playing, I don't know, fucking hell, a pulp album or something, or the best yeah. of whatever it might be, right? Or Britpop inspired like playlists with a lot of those sort of songs because there's no way of getting around it. There's a very few people. There's a few, but most people still listen to music that they were listening to when they were like twenties up to 30 35 you generally stop listening to new as much new music, music yeah. yeah so that's my theory hence Britpop revival kind of thing happening more and more and teenage kids kind of knowing more and more about bands well we have like oh my dad listened to that yeah oh, I know that from my mum we have blur cassettes on the counter here and you it's surprising how many sort of 16 17 year olds go oh yeah I love that album or, yeah. you know, it's yeah, not yeah. just the big hits they yeah. know the, yeah yeah and that's my that's a, my feeling. Yeah, well, it makes sense generationally. It's yeah. because it is twenty five years yeah. now. So the Britpop generation are now 
they, they having kids, kids or have kids, yeah, had or kids who are now becoming teenagers yeah. who find the music for themselves and have just grown up listening to songs like you know it wouldn't surprise me if you hear kids coming in going who recognise like the long pigs or something like that or mm-hmm. Supergrass. well that's what I was going to say do, do you think the more you know the sort of second tier bands of mm. of the Brit era have sort of fallen fallen between the cracks is it the only because I you say that about like the long pigs or Supergrass or but I don't think I've I'm not sure but I've it's I've, hard to tell isn't it I've, I've never had a conversation with anyone about but we don't really put the, have them on the playlist anyway really yeah. it's not like Supergrass on there is it there's, there's a bit like it comes mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. to be fair well I mean it came on today because I was specifically mm-hmm. listening to Britpop yeah. but yeah I'd like to know whether bands like Sleeper the, yeah. Uh, Lush. <laughs> uh, the Seahorses. <laughs> did, did kids, any kids know those bands? Probably not. No. I don't know. Like, there's definitely like a bit of nostalgia in it, right? Like, you go to these like events and you're. Like, me and my mate, me and, or half mate, Henry and Sam, we went to see Mystery Jets and then afterwards we were like in Islington and we went to this like brick pop night at Islington because we didn't know where else to go. And majority of people in there were like people around our age sure yeah young vibrant but yeah but, but yes yeah, so there weren't loads of kids in there like young mm. people in there so but i don't know but i'm not really sure but it's like the 60s thing like all these like, we discovered all these bands from the 60s when we were that age because we were like it was the natural kind of place to go to the kinks who had mm. a revival themselves right at the time mm-hmm. the beatles obviously had a big revo- had a bit of a revival around then as well they did well. The anthology came out around yeah. that time, didn't it? Because obviously bands like Oasis were like just going on, harking on about how yeah. they were. Well, I didn't. Well, this was to be fair. This was in a time pre YouTube, pre Spotify. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, you couldn't just go on your computer and listen to no. the Kinks. No. If you wanted to listen to the Kinks, you had to mm. buy a Kinks album. Yeah. So it wasn't. I think if if it had happened now, I'd have gone straight home and I love this Blur album. This is. This is the influence of it, mm. on it. Mm. Go and listen to that. And I think that would have affected the way I heard it. Do we do we put any Britpop albums in? You know, we did a, a few months ago, we did our top five albums of all time. Yeah. Were any Britpop albums made it? I don't think they did. So they sort of haven't entirely, maybe part of I life. think part of I've got, so mine, got a, me- a mention. But yeah, it's, so they have, you know, haven't defined... Defined us, but then the, uh, the albums that have defined us are basically early two thousands. Those mainly those albums were the ones that made it into like, yeah, which is weird. We wouldn't have thought so, but maybe before without even knowing it, we'd be more defined musically by early two thousands sort of bands. Well, I think for the teenage albums you listen to are the bands you know, probably you know them the best mm. because you listen to the same thing over and over again, especially in those days when you only had a certain amount of albums to listen to. Like I would make mixtapes, but I only had like three albums to make, so it was like mm. five songs from three different albums on a mixtape. But I think you you start to develop your taste by like early twenties. You know what you like a bit more. Mm. Whereas in when you're fourteen, you can only afford to buy one album, so you kind of yeah listen to that and you <clears> listen <throat> to it and listen over and over. Again. The radio was more important, I think. Back yeah. Then. So do you think that? Because apart from the bands, then would you think there were? Who would you think there were the main people in the movement of Britpop movement where that weren't bands? Like I'm talking like maybe like DJs or TV presenters or films or TV shows that kind of like had that movement that were kind of influential within that scene. 
Oops. Well, so I suppose you think of TFI Friday being mm-hmm. like there weren't that many shows that showed live music. Jules Holland, I think, started it just started around starting then. around that time because and he was like a natural kind of he was a natural kind of like carry on from when the old grey whistle test the yeah. whistle test kind of finished it had that kind of like weird kind of like vibe of music where it's like you weren't sure what you're going to get you know you yeah. didn't just get indie you got a mixture but of yeah stuff. you discovered a lot of different styles from watching that show and that was yeah. a big deal because because there were so few live music shows on yeah staying up for that and you couldn't record it's not like you could catch up or watch it on YouTube yeah. again at that point you, yeah. so it was like yeah. Friday night if you knew a band you like were on it you yeah, would watch you, it you'd stay up for it wouldn't you and then there was the You'd white... sit through the kind of random yeah. like, African <laughs> oh, beats or something, or oh, like folk man, some jazz. Yeah, sit through the jazz just to hear Supergrass do. Uh... Yeah, Isha Coco. Yeah, <laughs> she did. Yeah. Uh, more of that later. Yeah, there's the white room. Did you saw yep. that, Mark uh, Radcliffe. Radcliffe. That was a similar similar concept, but on Channel Four. A bit more indie. A bit more indie. That was more, much more Britpop cent- yeah. centric. Or yeah. Felt like it. And the the word was kind of the back end of it, right? Yeah, well, because Blur and Oasis were both breakfast. on it. Big Breakfast was tied in because that that launched around that same time as well. Yeah. And it was all about being over the top, bright, crazy, yeah. anarchic, perfect for like young fifteen, sixteen year old that thought that they were a bit an- a bit anarchic, a bit of a maverick. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And they all tied in together. I mean, that show wasn't specifically about music or Britpop but I imagine they must have had it, bands on there yeah they? they definitely did and it would they'd have like they'd tell you what the top 10 was I think like okay. on a Monday yeah and more often than not it was and you because you couldn't watch YouTube like seeing a band's music video you didn't get that many opportunities to see it so no. I remember you'd see snippets of music and you'd be like oh, I want to see the whole thing but we didn't have MTV at my house it, it reminds me a little bit of when Disco was massive in the seventies, and it's like just took over everything, mm. and then seeped into every song. Yeah, and then it becomes almost too popular, and the counterculture kids kind of like end up moving away. Reject it, yeah, yeah, of course. Totally, That's just the cycle of things up happening with Britpop. Yeah, it went mainstream. Like this goes into the, it's on the fucking news. Yeah, it's like it's probably That's, it's mental when you think <clears> about it now. Like think about a, a chart battle between two guitar bands being yeah. on yeah. headline news on yeah. the BBC. Yeah. So to, to it Do you think there's anything like that now? Anything even close? No. Yeah. The, the nearest I could think of was when Arctic Monkeys released their album, and that was on the new, like the news. Because it sold so fast. Yeah. yeah. And it was like so. And it's like they were at a gig, you know, people they're interviewing people and they're queuing up for it and stuff. It's yeah. the nearest I could think to when Oasis were yeah. fucking like that, that, like Nebworth and stuff. Yeah, but that's just one band sort All of being big. Of, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't a movement. No. Whereas it, it well, could I mean, have Oasis, been if someone had got hold of it properly. But I suppose Oasis, it became, really, after like that chart battle, Oasis just took over everything, didn't they? The culture re- really became more about sort of laddism. And, North and South yeah. kind of divide. And it, it, really it sort of took a turn then, didn't it? That's when it became even more, I suppose, nationalistic. And, you know, Noel Gallagher with Union Jack guitar. And, mm. like, there's some stat about how many tickets they could have sold to... Nebworth. Like it was like, had like one 25% in, of the country or yeah, one in eight households in the UK own what's the story Morning Glory yeah That's it's mad. like crazy it's crazy figures really but I mean I was also thinking like the evening session 
Like yeah. from a personal point of view, was such and me and my mates were such a huge yeah. influence in discovering new bands. Like you always say about my mate Lads. David Payne. <laughs> Lads, oh, every night come in and go on about, oh, lads, the blue tones, like, oh, lads, oh, lads, lads, oh, fucking, I don't know, you go on about Northern Opera, oh, oh, every day, the fucking some of a band we go on every day, yeah. it's like something you discovered off, the, like, you're listening to it, did and you... religiously listen to it, seven till nine, or whatever it was. Did you listen to it every night? Most nights, yeah. Yeah. Record, I went through a phase where I did. Recording yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. Well, they'd have sometimes they'd have live. They'd come from like a live gig. They'd have live sessions. It was, you know, it felt you really felt like you were sort of a part of something. Like yeah, a, yeah. A and that was like what Wiley and Lamac were like. Yeah, they're always for me. Always they're like the oracles, kind of like yeah. And they've still got careers now, and I think it's because of that the the, the respect and power that they kind of had from that period. They were like the go-to guys. Yeah. And obviously, um, what's his name, John Peel. A little bit yeah. more avant-garde. But well, he, he was always on after after yeah. them, wasn't he? And yeah. you, you just, I'd sometimes <clears throat> stick around for a bit of mm. because he also started seeping into Britpop culture, started seeping into TV shows, right? Like Game On and that sort of culture. Yeah, yeah. And well, it was, yeah, it was the soundtrack to sort of yeah films, you know. And it became it became part of all culture of like kind of like and you know, right, it became even it didn't even become kind of like it became mainstream culture. Yep, fashion. How everyone was dressing and yeah, because not everyone took it as seriously as us and sort of adopted the whole. Yeah, not everyone dressed like they were in a guitar band no. or whatever. But I distinctly remember playing football at the school field and Scott McDonough, who was you know just a very much a sort of sport Billy type yeah stop type character, never showing any interest in music and then we. I must have had like a badge, a blur badge on or something like that, and he said. Oh, I, I love that song, Charmless Man. I'm like, I'm like, you know that, and you know at that point you're like, it's it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not cool anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scott McDonough, but Donner ruined it for you. <laughs> ruined that for me. a little bit. You know, I still love I still love the music, but mm. you know, like it's gone. It's probably gone too Can far. Can you think of any like um, defining incidents or defining moments of Britpop? We, I think we touched on it. Like I've written down like Blur and Oasis, Nibworth. Yeah. And I always, I've even put political, the Labour government, New Labour. Yeah. Blair's late, Blair's Labour. Well, the one book I own about it is called Yeah Blur, Britpop, and the Rise of New Labour. Mm. It was all is all sort of tied in together in that kind of. And I mean, the front cover like, is a big Union Jack guitar. It's yeah. all. It felt like they. All Britannia. They jumped on the crest of the wave and kind they of did. Yeah. Surfed. Well, there was clearly a wave of optimism coming in like John Major was like this grey old kind mm. of sort of represented a different generation Blair Blair, <laughs> Blair was in a band that, you know he wasn't cool but he was in a band at university or whatever and he mm. had a he was slightly younger it just seemed you can't remember like Noel Gallagher going to like the Downing Street yeah yeah having, like, that's, that's the image I think of yeah, yeah. Noel Gallagher with Alan McGee yeah. going to uh Turn down the street for like canapes or whatever. Yeah. Hello, my name is Bernard 2001. You might recognize me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. 
Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints, and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Eld Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, mother crushers. It's just like, yeah, so again, weird. imagine that happening now, like a, a countercultural icon going yeah. schmoozing with the Prime Minister. Yeah. But I suppose Corbyn got close, right? Like he was at Glastonbury yeah. to it on the stage, and but yeah, but he never got into power. No, he that's didn't. But it was that's the closest I could think of recently. Yeah, of like, like people chanting his name at Glastonbury, and, whatever. And, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he captured the youth, the youth vote. Mm. The problem, you know, was there's as well as young people, there's a lot of old, aging mm. Tory voters who uh, yeah. cannot be. <laughs> But at that time, right, well, it was like that that movement of the political kind of ski thing, and were you were you still into Oasis at that point, or were you were they not cool anymore at that point? Yeah, you? yeah, I lost interest in Oasis when Be Here Now came out uh, quite quickly, and it was I think I don't know I think it was probably after because that that was ninety seven Blair got in. Mm. I don't want to be here now. I think I it must have been... Here what's, it, maybe 98. What's, what's the more story? It must have been 96, 97, and a massive... And I think it came out in 95. Yeah. But then... Because they were massive. Then, ones, it, then it? it just exploded by 96. Because yeah. they lost... Famously lost the chart battle. Mm. Late... That was late 95... August 95? September 95? Yeah, but I mean, I remember queuing up outside a record shop on a Monday morning... That Blur versus Oasis roll uh, roll with it and fucking ashes. What the two fucking shit songs? Both of them are the shittiest songs. Their worst singles. I know it's so weird. I think they even admit that. So weird. It's weird that that was kind of the pinnacle. I was there Monday morning at eight o'clock, and I bought. I bought um, because Oasis only had one version. Because there's other days where bands also released two versions of a CD yep. different B-sides to try and get higher up the charts yep. and Blur did Blur Sneaky. had the live they had one yeah they had um, so I bought Roll of It and they also bought, bought Country House both copies both versions yeah, yeah. same no, well, no I only bought the Blur ones yeah I don't imagine yeah. you would have bought Roll of It but I didn't uh, yeah. I bought both versions of Blur because it yeah because it had different B-sides but yeah obsessed with the whole thing and it's, yeah there hasn't been anything quite like that since but they must I don't know whether or not they in hindsight, it gave it skyrocketed them to the next level, Blur and Oasis. But it, yeah, they sold a lot, load of records uh, off the back of it. But I don't think it made anybody any happier. Or... I don't know. Yeah, or did they go along with it, or did they believe the hype? Or... Well, I know it sent Graham Coxon to Lully. Yeah, yeah, nuts. But probably bought him a nice house in the country. So mm, that's hard to. Say. Yeah, I know it's tough, difficult, and I think he's recovered from it now. So it's hard to know, but yeah, it's like that. The pressure they're under, and I don't know what to make of it really. But it's like you know, if at the time I guess you like you're just going with the flow and you're on the crest of a wave, and you know, you think about it, in hindsight you look back and go, yeah, we could have been more, we could have been more strategic with how we approached it and yeah. not actually got sucked into the whole hype like everyone else. Yeah, but I mean, dare, you, can, you can't imagine Liam Gallagher being strategic about exactly like that. when you're in the middle of a storm, yeah. you can't see you can't see the wood for the yeah. trees like. You've been invited to these parties. You go. You're taking 
drugs you can't train spotting do you think that's yep that was it had a very much a Britpop soundtrack kind of moment of the soundtrack was like yeah yep. and the film itself was like this kind of like again, I'd always think that's the film I think of when I think of Britpop yeah just again more because of the timing really yeah because it didn't have anything ostensibly it didn't have anything to do it's with quite that kind of period but it's because of the soundtrack you British think of it and well it was British stop, yeah. and challenging and kitchen sinky in a way and yeah. very like dour which is kind of what a lot I suppose it's the difference between right you had like pulp which were very dour with their with their kind of message is that right phrase would you say like kind of I like I would say they were dour but they but kind of celebrated that kitchen sink kind of, of everyday kind yeah, of thing yeah. and then you'd have bands like I hate to say it but like Oasis again who would be more like Paint a fucking fucking rock and roll picture and bursting out of it and yeah. dreams. I've come. From it's almost like dreams versus from, yeah, rock and roll style. It's like yeah, dreaming, dreaming or living, or reveling in your yeah, or just living, living yeah. in that in a world and painting a picture of what a world is like. Well, that was yeah. A lot of Britpop records yeah went for that kind of kitchen sink kind oh, of yeah. And you get narrative. others that were like a bit more like dreamy with what they yeah. did. But there's also bands that both we've probably got lumped in, Radiohead right got lumped into Britpop when really yeah. again Creep came on into that same playlist and I hated it yeah nothing they were nothing to do with it they, they just come under that bracket of being British and playing guitars yeah. but it had nothing to do with that movement and then didn't, they tried didn't to they it. tried to make a one didn't they Brit Rock yeah bands like Idleworld were in it and yeah. Three Colours Red <laughs> yeah but no, no one was, by yeah, yeah. no one was having it yeah the the party was over yeah, because it was it was all a bit like knees up mother brown, wasn't it? When you think of yeah, well, proper that... Britpop, it's all like uh, 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 uh. the cliche of like yeah, that was the sort of the blur side of things, yeah. like the Chaz and Dave knees up mother brown, sleeper, Cop- I Mockney think kind of thing. That. I think of sleeper. I think of but that's almost yeah, that's almost the north south divide mm. really, because there were so many Oasis clones. Yeah, so it, I think it was the enemy term that coined the term Noel Rock. So all bands like Cast and Northern Uproar were like yeah. just bands that had formed because of Oasis, essentially, or just been signed yeah. off the back of Oasis. And then the Southern bands were doing, yeah, that jaunty, like, menswear and... Uh, Elastica? Elastica? They were a bit different, weren't they? They were, again, lumped in with the Britpop thing, but they were... Be- Whereas all the Britpop bands were sort of being influenced by the 60s bands, they were being influenced by, like, 70s punk bands like mm-hmm. Wire and The Stranglers. So they were, I mean... Because of their ties with hmm. the singer used to be in Suede and yeah. was part of the Britpop super couple of hmm. Justine and Diamond, so they got tied in with it. But they were they were doing a different thing really. What but was the, like we say, anyone British with a guitar at that point was called Britpop. What was the first Britpop band you ever went to see? Or the, I assume it might also be the first band you ever went to see. Well, I'm going to Terrorvision count. Oh no! <laughs> no. First Brit because they were Brit rock, I suppose. Yeah. But again, they were. Yeah, well, they started. They started to try and write pop songs to fit in there, didn't they? Yeah. Okay, first proper Brit pop band you ever saw. Oh, I suppose so. I guess it was Blur after that. Okay. I think mine was Gene. <laughs> well, yeah, you had because you lived in a town mm. that had. Well, I went to Norwich Steve... for that. Oh, did you? Okay, but you mm. did see a lot of Brit pop bands at Colchester Arts Centre. Yeah. Uh, Steve yeah. grew up in Colchester so, and he worked there. Mm-hmm. But how how young were you when you started working there? I must have been 17. Okay. So, so it's still pretty. Yeah. Because what's that lineup you always going on about? What it was like Manson and 
Oh, um, Muse. The, I, oh, no, I, saw, I saw Muse support Gene. Ali Alcantara. A Muse, yeah. And I saw, I saw loads of bands. I can't even bloody remember anymore. I saw Manson there. Uh, but all those sort of mid-level Britpop bands Dandy would Warhols, stop here, wouldn't they? It was like bands like that that were kind of like, well, obviously American, but had that kind of worst well but because everybody was into they got everyone was into guitar music at that point mm. so we listened we didn't just listen to the Britpop bands no because then American bands started like jumping on that wagon as well yeah well they you know I think you imagine their labels would send them here because mm. there was a proper yeah, crying out for it I remember they because they supported Blur on a on a tour like, like I think it was self-titled album yeah Danny Warhol and so if you're American and you could get a tour support like that. Well, yeah, it's a touch. But then they also had a couple, just had a couple of banging singles mm, as well. That helped. Yeah. But, yeah, you just had to play a guitar at that point. It's so different to, like, the cultural musical landscape that there is now. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've, you've written a list, which I haven't done. I didn't know I was meant to. So what's, what is this list? Uh, this is just a list of tracks I thought do stand the test of time from the Britpop era so I could I was going to do albums but we did tracks I just thought yeah we we might play some so you want to do then your, your top I don't I'll leave it to do what you want to do okay well, just while Jesse's laughing we... um I also made a note and I've written Britpop movers versus Brit pop poopers, <laughs> yeah, and it's just just a name, just a title. But there were some people within Brit pop that are probably more of a figure of fun. Yeah, would you say? Because I always like when I think about people that are kind of tongue in cheek, take the piss off. I always think of Northern uproar. <laughs> Someone, yeah, or um, Marion. Ma- yeah, but only because of, I would not because of them personally, but because of the guy that came and went. Okay, who's the Marianne fan? Yeah, none of us. Yeah, just song of compilation CD. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what have you gone for first? Anyway, what song is this? Is this a top? Are you doing a top five? Or are you just doing? No, what this you, is just, these are just of note. They're not really in an order, but uh, this is just five. It's for the people who weren't around that time. Here's five songs you should mm. stream. Okay, because you know we have obviously have people that aren't forty years old yeah. listeners. So this is Pulps. This is hardcore. So this came out in 1998 and sort of represented the end of it for me. Because they started doing more challenging sort of music. Is it the, yeah. the, the, the feel of it or just the lyrics or both? Oh, a bit of both. Yeah. And I think like interviews at the time, they, clearly all the key Britpop players had had enough of yeah. it. They knew it was unfashionable now. Yeah, and so they were trying and to they, get, they were they trying to, to distance like, themselves rats from rats desert and a sinking ship. <laughs> Basically. Northern uproar would never. No. Just much darker than anything they'd done before. Yeah. Less, yeah, less. Oh, go. Better. Less knees up on the brown. Yeah, exactly. Named after a porn channel that you found when he was in a hotel. Don't think he was in a good place when he wrote this. 
Is this a single? It doesn't make sense. That's what the album was named, is mm. Was this, this is not really about Britpop per se, is it? It's just a darker song. Uh, no, I don't think it's specifically. I think it's just about his state of mind. Because he was a, he became a massive celebrity off the back of it. Yeah. You know, the whole uh, Michael Jackson thing. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Actually, I that's thought a, that. I forgot to write that down. Yeah, that's another sort of cultural. You know, when Britpop was very much in the mainstream in everybody's yeah. houses. Like in just normal families sat around watching the Brit Awards, Michael Jackson's on, and then look at those jobs called like Blur winning five Brit Awards or what it was in one night. Like you think about a guitar band, yeah, you know, an intelligent art, you know, art school guitar band doing that now, being in the tabloids, yeah. Okay, so that's, this is hardcore. Okay, so if you do like uh, do one more. Or two more, okay. and then another one you think is about. So I chose, this is the Drowners by Suede, which I chose because this kind of represents this. the beginning of it. Yeah, so Suede, it's like the beginning Suede's and the first end. album. Yeah, I've done the end first and then the beginning, but. Any bands sounded the same, or do you think they all had something different going on? Because it's, it's like, and now you can look back and you think, actually. They're not that similar. No, not, not all of them loved it. That's what I mean. They were just it was just British Music and guitars, guitars. Yeah, there's but, some that copied up as obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, the ones that the ones that stood out were the ones that were doing something yeah. slightly different. Yeah. The bands that were derivative of another Britpop bands were the like well, the Oasis clones were yeah. the ones that didn't stand the test of time really. So if you think Blur, Pulp, Oasis, Suede, mm. don't all sound the same, but you sort of think of them as. Mm. They all come together. And also, I heard, like, interestingly, that a lot of the first albums of these Britpop bands were so fucking good, and it all kind of went tailed off a lot of the time, unless you're fucking good. Because the first ones are written in, like, little studios, little, like, dirty little dens, and then they held his money slung at them, and the second album is all, like, a lot more. Um, it's just more money going around. They just couldn't replicate that kind of that kind of edgy, yeah. kind of raw feeling they had for the first albums. Well, and the drugs have kicked in, and they're, yeah, they're not the, getting on. Um, the celebrity kind of thing. Yeah. The jealousy. Yeah. So, if you had to name three Britpop albums that aren't the main ones, what? Three Britpop albums, and would you say to say someone listening for the first time would say you should listen to? Well, I'll, pl- I'll play one more song, okay? Because this this is probably one that the kids might not know. So this this album, this is the Long Pigs, their first album. Mm-hmm. Is is possibly one that. Has fallen, 
through the cracks. They're, you know, they were never, they weren't ma- super massive. They were definitely in that wrong, wrong below. But this this song specifically, I mean, the whole album's great. Yeah. I've just done my quick list. Okay. Of three albums that aren't the main ones. Is this on it? <laughs> obviously, obviously. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, the sun is off and out by the long pigs. Mm-hmm. I'd say I should cocoa, supergrass. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Oh. So I, li- I listened to that today. Yeah, I love it. I was going to play Chiso Loose, but yeah. that's just like they just—they can all be singles. So, yeah, it's just—it's just like every song's about three minutes long, and it's yeah, just, it just never outstays its welcome. It's yeah. just—it's nigh on perfect that album. Okay, any third one? So. Yeah, I say Suede's first album is Dogman's. No, that's the second oh. album. The first one, self-titled oh. first album. If you don't, like, because the big blur, like big Oasis blur pop albums, I think everybody sort of knows. Yeah, a bit, it's a bit easy to say those. Yeah, I went for Gene Olympian. Mm-hmm. That album. I think it's called Olympian. That album. I can check. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called now. But that was definitely it. a. A single. The album was called that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 1995. Mm. Smack bang in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, three albums. Like, yeah. So we're basically in agreement. Yeah. You've got a, another one? A third, another album that you would... Have oh, you done three? Oh, you've done yeah. three. So yeah, I'd say then that you've got Long Pigs, Supergrass, Gene Olympian and Suede Suede. Mm-hmm. Suede Suede. Suede Suede. Of albums you do your homework with. Yeah, I think they'd be a good starting point. Mm. They they stand the test of time. They're all like, slightly different as well. Yeah. See, with Gene, they're like I remember people used to say, "Oh, they're just a Smiths ripoff at the time." But I didn't. When I was a kid, I didn't. It's only recently I. Possibly, relatively possibly recently. his voice. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I, I don't hear him massively the same, but you can see sort of he looked. He had a Morrissey. Yeah. Look about he, him. He went for that kind of suiting kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a killer chorus, right? Mm. Whichever way you slice it. I'll fade it out. That's good, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. not fade. No. That was abrupt. Yeah. So there you go. Um, okay, I think we've basically completely brick pop. Yeah, well, I hope that's been. Steve's got a headache, so he maybe might not have been as enthusiastic as. Well, I will say, he done, was in 1994. I haven't done enough homework. Yeah. And I'm 41 now, rather than 16. Yeah. But it, I think the bottom line is it it was our... It's important to acknowledge it, because it was our musical mm-hmm. education. And it it stays with... The bands you listen to then stay with you. Yeah. To, Some albums... What, okay, what albums haven't made you cut? That you listen to now and you'd be like... Oh, oh that sounds dated. Not, not well, I good. was... Uh, Echo Belly were a band who... You loved, didn't you, Echo Belly? Yeah, I loved... I don't know if it's because I had a crush on the singer or my tastes have changed, but yeah, I listen to that now and it does does nothing for me. And I, you know, they were about albums I had, I bought them on the day they came out, mm. and you know, I listen to them a lot. I know them really well, but I listen, yeah, I listen to them now. It does doesn't move me. There's not many bands actually I can think of at the top of my head. Like, I bashed out three wicked albums straight away, but I can't actually bash out. I mean, I could bash out. Any album, or any band, 
no. second or third albums maybe but yeah that'd be easy to do but actual bands or something that you think oh, actually they're just not that good Men's menswear you knew were crap at the time yeah you? kind of yeah but you got swept along with it yeah well they looked you know they were very handsome yeah it was cool when it was like yeah <laughs> and it, that was during the time where like Camden felt like the centre okay, of the what about the cast album yeah I don't I was never I was like, I loved, loved that album when I was yeah. young have you listened to it recently not for ages no we listened to the Cooler Shaker album recently didn't yeah that's that, quite that good that actually stood up I thought yeah. Because they kind of got written off as a bit of a joke because they, mm. they did the whole sort Indian of all windy thing. Yeah. There was obviously the George Harrison mm. Beatles kind of influence. Mm. But the tune, the tunes are good. Mm. No? I, I fucking loved Cast when I was like that age. Yeah, but I, I think if I listen to the album them. now, I don't know if I would like, like well, that's it. I might just do. like it for reminiscent fun, but I don't know if I'd actually... Put it, put it on in the shop tomorrow. Maybe it will. All change. Yeah, all change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you say... Yeah, they played that, didn't they, when England got knocked out of a... Well, you were in 96, that was another... Yeah, of course, yeah. That was another big... Bedeel and Skinner, Three Lions... The Lightning Seeds. Lightning Seeds, yeah. There's so many bands you forget about. My Life Story... Oh, yeah. One! That should be on the playlist. Twelve! I've got just... Give okay. you the last time we've had a lot of guests on recently, so I'm just going to quickly okay. give you uh, the answers to the last rockbusters I did. Mm-hmm. So, number one, your labia appears to be on fire, was of course the flaming lips and the money I keep for sheaths. Did you get that one? Uh, go on, I'll... Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash, <laughs> I did get it, I got it now. Yeah. Okay, so well done. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Dave. Dave Collings. Oh, was the first you? one to get them. Okay. This. He was quite quick in the uptake, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's good. He's clever. Smart cookie, that one. Ooh, clever, clever Dave Collins. Uh, this Wait, week's. Don't listen to this. Right, so. First one, it has to be said in a Japanese accent, this one. It's important to the. Uh, to the. You could go down this road, are you? No, it's not. It's not racist. It's just like a wise old Japanese man, okay? So okay, oh god. Hold on. Uh, I would like to um, say this has nothing to do with me, Stephen Hurdle. No, this is. You did just the Russian Dixon. question of the week, which is. Yes, but I don't, this is very... I don't say in Russian, no. You do it in the voice again. Okay. Man who make my suit very fast. That, that's the clue. Man who make my suit very fast. Okay. But it's important. The, it's, You'll, if you get it, you'll you'll understand why. Man who make my suit very fast. Man who make my suit very fast. And the other one, ooh, lovely. I'll have a lovely tin of Christmas chocolates plus an AK forty seven, Gen four clock Glock nineteen, and a Beretta M nine. Oh, there you go. Band or an artist? That's just Dixon's Carl Pilkington's Rockbusters. I'll put them on Instagram on Wednesday after this has gone live mm. and then uh, send in your answers. Okay. 
So have you got a J? Have you got a? Oh, is it a Britpop inspired song? No, well, oh, I, 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 I should have. Oh, I was going to message. It you. Should have been, but I didn't know what to what yeah. to go for. I, mean, I couldn't have you. I can. I've got my phone here. No. What do you remember? One being a utterly shit. Champagne supernova. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's famously random. Yeah. Shaker maker. That's famously um, Gobbins. I'll go with. I'll go with. Uh, Champagne Supernova and I'll kick back the one I was going to do okay so this is um, our regular feature ooh don't sound weird when you eat them out <laughs> did you even say lyric I don't even know okay well I've got a headache I tell oh, you okay. I've got a headache could be a tumour it's not a tumour <clears throat> how many special people change how many lives are living strange where were you while we were getting high Slowly walking down the hall, faster than a cannonball. Where were you while we were getting high? Someday you'll find me, caught beneath the landslide, in a champagne supernova in the sky. Oh, it sounds nice, actually. Wake up the dawn and ask her why. <laughs> A dreamer dreams... We'll win up the crack of dawn at some point, aren't we? <laughs> a dreamer dreams she never dies. Wipe that tear away now from your eye. Oh, that's lovely. Because <laughs> people believe that they're going to get away for the summer. But you and I, we live and die. Oh, it's like it is. I thought it was, we never die. Yeah. Me too. Gone to Google. Mm. The world's still spinning round. Ooh. We don't know why. Why? 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 <laughs> That's essentially, and then you you got the course again. Those are all the. What does he mean when he says slowly walking down a hall faster than a faster than a cannonball? Yeah, he slowly walked down a hall, but he's faster than a cannonball. Yeah. So is it slow or is it is faster? It a cannonball, as in the big ball shot out of a gun, or is it a cannonball? The sweetie. Man, what eat man? <laughs> a cannibal. Cannibal. <laughs> Slowly walking down the hall. Faster than a cannibal. Faster than a cannibal. <laughs> well, are they, can... are they fast? I don't know. Depends how hungry they are. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's gibberish. I think he freely admits that it's gibberish. Are you trying to go for like a psychedelic Beatles thing? I think so. Because the video's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's going for the lyrics don't really matter, it's all about the feel, you know. It's just a feeling, man. You feel it in your soul. Mm. Slowly walking down the hall, faster than the cannonball. What? Mm. You got a problem with that? Not me, mate. Yeah. Love it. I think if you could read any Oasis lyric out and it would make as much mm. or, you know... Gibberish classics. Little, they are gibberish classics. I mean, does it stop... That it didn't stop one in eight homes earning... No. What's the story, Morning Glory? No. They were still as culturally important. Coldplay basically done the same but, thing. But, yeah, to a degree... But I think the beat that's why they don't really they're not fit to lick the Beatles' boots really people would sort of mention them in the same breath but no. not, not for me Clive derivative Oasis derivative <laughs> bye <laughs>